Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours, Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. My name is Bones, and I'm joined by Cat Valor and no Rob Humphrey this week. What's going on, Cat? Not much. How's it going? It is going. Um, Rob ditched us, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's down doing spooky Halloween events without us. Yeah, Rob is down at uh, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but you know he is—he uh, is not here this week, and he is upset that he is not here this week because we are going to be joined shortly by Ryan Turek of Blumhouse. All kinds of titles we go over it, uh, vice president, all this stuff, uh, creatively and producing and whatnot that Ryan handles over there. And it was a. Uh, it, uh, before we get into that, actually, I'm getting too far ahead. We are joined by a quote-unquote special guest for patrons they will i guess they crowned her on twitter <laughs> for her uh, power ranking most recently and all around pain the tushy ali surreal what's going on ali oh hi hello oh hi what an introduction as always thank you <laughs> yeah i try my best for you Ali. i really set you up <laughs> to succeed the best that i can you know thank you for filling in for for rob yeah no problem Big shoes to fill. Do you have any Tom Atkins stuff? I do not. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. I don't have tie-dye Crocs either. <laughs> you so. know what you do have? Uh, the gratitude of all Slasher Radio listeners. We need to talk. Usually we do this during the oh, news God segment. Uh, but <laughs> Mikey pointed out that we won't be having a news segment today. So we're just going to jump right in. Ali Surreal almost broke gabagooly mystery corner because i don't know how we're going to top this <laughs> who would like to do the introduction for this i already gave an introduction i said all around pain in the tushy i said it <laughs> <sighs> tell me did ali go ahead yeah tell me then well mikey um said something which i thought was pretty funny and uh submitted it to urban dictionary on his mm -hmm. behalf as a direct quote Allie went ahead and put me on Urban Dictionary for an Italian joke. It was your Italian joke. I... 
don't even know what to say. I did say it, but it's like, ah, God damn it, man. Why of all the things, of all the things I say, you know, like I'm smart sometimes. I give myself a little bit of credit every now and then I say something kind of cool. That's the thing you take from an alley and didn't run with. I wrote it down and everything. Oh, great. Didn't want to forget. Yeah, I made a joke about uh, a prostitute, an Italian prostitute, prostitute. And Allie went ahead and put it on Urban Dictionary for the world to see. Yes, it now reads, prostitute, an Italian prostitute, what do you call an Italian prostitute, a prostitute, credit, and both. <laughs> and my favorite part of this whole thing, which people have not been latching on to nearly enough on Twitter, because it's on Urban Dictionary, this now means that you can buy a prostitution mug. <laughs> It is advertised. I'm looking at it right here. It says prostitution, Urban Dictionary on the front. And on the back side of the mug, it says the act or practice of selling oneself for pasta, which just <laughs> chef's kiss, perfect merch. Uh, Slasher Radio endorses this. <laughs> no, no. We don't. I was glad that that wasn't brought up much, although in Discord, I think it was Chris or something who brought up the mug. Yeah, I was kind of happy that that wasn't being shined upon, Kat. I appreciate you putting a little light on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, we we're not currently our merch page is down. We've got to we've got to get the people what they want. A prostitution. <laughs> great, great. Just where I wanted to be in life. This is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Allie. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the power rankings before. Any non-patrons probably don't really know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, we have uh, every quarter of the year, Rob ranks the patrons for some reason. And Allie went from first, like, two quarters in a row. Allie, right? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and now she's on the bottom. <laughs> so, like, this, this thing made Rob happy. And now, like, I, I don't understand what you're doing here, Allie. It's very perplexing. I'm not doing anything. I didn't put it on Twitter. I just sent it to you and put it in your discord. Yeah. Yeah. You put it in the discord. So <laughs> I want people to know. I tell, I tell people this all the time. I face things head on. I want everybody to know. I know about it. I'm aware of it. And I also put in there that this means war. So I want them to know that something is coming. I don't know what yet, but God damn it. That was uncalled for <sighs> moving away from that. Thanks for bringing that up. Kat. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, so we're not going to do news this week and we're going to kick you over to that interview with Ryan, uh, shortly. And after that, we are all going to give you our top five Blumhouse films, uh, which I'm kind of interested. I'm very interested to, to hear what you guys list look like for that. And, um, it should be a good time. So Ryan Turek, again, vice president of Blumhouse. And I, I forget. I don't remember if I said this. Yeah, I said this on our last episode, uh, but rehashing again, I did see him described as the most important name in horror you've never seen. And we get so many directors and actors who, you know, take the spotlight of these films and all that stuff. But Ryan's the one making it happen behind the scenes, you know? Right. And I feel like producers, like it's such a, a role of like, you know, it, it's such a wide term being a producer. Like we've seen producer go from, you know, doing practically nothing and, you know, just kind of being around and, and input and stuff 
but people forget like they're like producers do have an actual role and i feel like it's not looked at as well as it should be because of you know stuff like i just mentioned but like you got guys like ryan out there man who you know like you'll hear in our discussion is they're literally out there making the film happen yeah yeah and I mean, j- just a wide range of stuff from, you know, founding Dread Central to all kinds of podcasts that he's done. And the dude has just been such a staple in horror as like modern horror. And like nobody fucking really talks about him. It's wild. <laughs> so uh, we're going to kick you over to that now. And we will be right back with our we'll be back after that with our top five Blumhouse films. So we'll catch you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Good old mute mic. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, of course. So I'm going to tell you, just a heads up, my neighbor's doing some porch uh, renovations. (laughs) Ah, So every once in a while, I'll I'll do my best to walk away uh, when I hear the jackhammering, which has been so delightful, let me tell you. <laughs> it's fine. Zoom does a pretty good job of canceling all that extra stuff out, honestly. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've noticed that too. And I'm on the iPhone, and the iPhone has a, a pension for uh, kind of isolating voices, which is good. Yeah. Zoom yeah. has saved me from neighbor construction a couple times on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. And loud pets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and loud pets. Yes. And I have both, I have all of that in abundance. Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, sir, thank you for joining us. That is first and foremost. Thanks for having me. Of our pleasure. I wanted to ask because you have uh, such an interesting resume. So many titles for you get thrown around. First, you were co-founder of Dread Central. But when it comes to Blumhouse, you get called vice president, executive creative director, producer, all these things. So, and I, I hear it questioned so much. Can you just tell everybody, you know, your roles and, and what you do over at Blumhouse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is, it's kind of, you know, I, I can completely understand from the outside. It's kind of an amorphous role and, and I kind of putting a point on it. But basically, I'm the VP of uh, production and development on the feature film side here at Blumhouse. Uh, I report to our head of film, Cooper Samuelson. And it's basically a very small team of us on the feature side uh, who are working together to identify scripts, develop scripts, work with filmmakers. And then once those projects are teed up and crewed up and have budgets and directors ready, uh, you know, depending on who is more integral, like who who is the the best relationship with the filmmaker, uh, I'll, you know, more often than not be boots on the ground producer um and report to jason and report to cooper so um myself my colleague bea were kind of like down on the ground uh interacting with the crew the line producers creatively talking with our filmmakers 
and just making sure, you know, just overseeing the production. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, well, it is. It is. It's a lot of stuff. And basically, you know, I mean, like when when I am down on the ground, it is, you know, making sure, you know, the development train never stops going. So, you know, I mean, it's like it's it's spinning plates, herding cats, whatever, you know, analogy <laughs> we want to you want to you want to pull in. Um, but it's super fun because uh you know it's like i'm I'm interfacing with directors that i've admired and and worked with over the years um developing projects that uh you know that i'm absolutely in love with or touching and being a part of ip uh that i'm mm. i'm deeply you know passionate about um and just you know, also just the the sense of collaboration you know it's just uh working with department heads and 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 everybody on the ground all the actors i mean like guys come on i mean like i got to work with jamie lee curtis like that hell of a deal I, I'm, I'm dead i'm not <laughs> even talking i'm not even alive right now i'm speaking from my grave uh i died a long time ago on halloween 2018 and i've just been a ghost since then uh speaking of halloween 2018 uh we heard that you were involved in setting that up for blumhouse is is that true asking about the rights yeah, I mean, like, I can't take all the credit on that. I mean, like, Jason, Jason had been having parallel conversations uh, with Merrimax. But, you know, there was one day I was just kind of like folding laundry and watching Night of the Comet. And I reached out and texted my buddy, uh, who was supposed to be doing uh, the new Halloween movie for the Weinsteins. And what I got back was information that they no longer had the rights so that immediately like just set my senses on fire and and I reached out to Blum and and just was like, hey, I think we really need to check in on this because listen, I'm, I, I absolutely Halloween was kind of I wouldn't say it was the movie that started it all for me, but it was the movie that solidified my love for the genre and all things seasonal <laughs> when it comes to Halloween <laughs> and um and and so and also I had learned in my time working for Fangoria uh, because I was on set covering Rob Zombie's first Halloween for Fango, um, and I got to meet Malik Akkad at that time and got to meet Rob Zombie and interview up Malcolm McDowell. And it was during that time Tony Timpone, who was my editor, had expressed to me he was like, Ryan, this the article you write, whatever it is, is going to be a big hit because you put Michael Myers on the cover, we're, we, we immediately sell out issues. Michael Myers in the Fangoria history is like one of the biggest icons. And I always took that to heart. I mean, I knew, oh, lovely. That's a bandsaw going. Hang on, let me walk away from it. <laughs> so we don't hear good. anything if that helps. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, okay, we can't great. hear it. <laughs> uh, okay, great, great, great. Um, so, you know, uh, so it, I knew that by kind of stoking that fire a little bit of... Uh, you know, telling Jason, let's 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 see what we, let's see if we can get involved in a Halloween series. I knew it was going to be a daunting task because then it was going to be a question of like who's going to direct it. How do we how do we find our way into the franchise? And it wasn't until David Gordon Green came along that we were just like, you know what, we're just going to forget everything that had occurred, <laughs> kind of start fresh. <laughs> um, just made the most sense. And listen, I mean, like I love. Halloween H2O, um, and I've got my own favorite sequels. Um, but it would just make it very, it would just be very difficult to to just kind of like suddenly jump into the runes story and the curse of Michael <laughs> Myers. And it's just that that would just overly complicate matters. 
That was a fantastic call. Um, have you noticed the trend in other franchises kind of rebooting timelines recently? Um, of course, of course. Are you kidding? I mean, like from the set of Hall uh, Halloween. Do 18, nod I saw... proudly while you see. Like, <laughs> like yes, uh, this is the way. <laughs> I mean, listen. I mean, like you know. I mean, it's just a. I've been around long enough to see how fads come and go and how trends catch on. And, you know, it just takes one movie to kind of kick the doors down and say, hey, it's okay to almost treat these franchises like comic books, you know? And I'm not saying, like, uh, you know, the kind of Marvel way or anything, but it's like, if the audience is rabid enough, they'll understand that you're going to make an adjustment. You know, we've seen it in comics so many times where they're just like, you know what? The death of Robin back in the 90s, uh, let's just kind of course correct this, you know? Um <laughs> And I just drew, yes, I just drew a Batman analogy to Halloween, but you get what I'm <laughs> saying. And and I just and I just got out of Saw Ten, so uh, oh, wonderful. I, what they did, what they did for Saw Ten, I was like, yep, that's a that's good. It's, it's <laughs> between one and two, and now I can see how you can keep Jigsaw going. So uh, yeah, no, it's 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 fun, especially because. <laughs> Like yeah. you said, uh, it's listening to the fans, you know, they they knew the fans wanted more Tobin and more Shawnee and they were like, right. here's how we do that. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's just ways. There's fun ways of doing it. And like I said, you know, it's, um, I think that audiences today are savvy enough to understand when you're going to course correct. That doesn't mean I don't still get or don't see the occasional Reddit thread that was like, hey, I just discovered Halloween 2018. 2018. I thought that Josh Hartnett was Jamie Lee Curtis's son. I'm like... <laughs> um, we tried. We did our best. <laughs> and you know, not not to drag it on too, but it, it's it's genius because you know, as horror fans, we all know remakes and all that stuff usually aren't received in the most positive of light, especially changing out characters, whatever they're doing. It's almost yeah. like you created a cheat code to get away <laughs> with that, you know, and it's brilliant, I honestly. Like I like that. I like that. Yeah, for better or for worse, sometimes it. Yeah, I mean, like it works yeah. in some some franchises, and for some, they they didn't press X instead of the the zero or whatever on the on the <laughs> controller. You know. Yeah. Another Halloween thing. Moving on to Halloween ends a little bit. Uh, you guys went a very <laughs> ballsy direction in that one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because obviously that's a big decision, and you know, with such a storied franchise. You know, what was yeah. it like on the creative end of that and making that decision and with Halloween ends? <laughs> um, listen, the, you know, we're on what? That was like Halloween 12 or yeah, uh, yeah. 13 at that point. You know, it's like you have to, we are, Blumhouse supports creative decisions from our directors. Like our directors come mm -hmm. to work for us because they get the creative freedom that they want without the studio interference. And when it came out of, when we came out of Halloween kills, uh, I remember flying to South Carolina and meet up with DGG and we were, he was, he was already spit in the midst of spitballing with his writers, a take for three. And I sat down with them and then as most conversations with all of us geeks go, it's like suddenly we're talking about the hidden and suddenly we're talking about rebel without a cause. And suddenly we're talking about like, just, just the, even if they're not, you know, connected directly, there's tangential themes that I can um, see David mulling over and playing with. And it excited me, frankly, you know, because it was like, 
we're on the third entry and what I personally, you know, don't want to see. And I think I would get bored by is a 90 minute chase scene where, you know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis just running through the woods or running through a house. And as long as I, I think the feeling was as long as we got to the, uh, the finale that we got to in Halloween ends, um, well, let's take a big swing and, mm-hmm. and obviously give that big showdown, but allow David to continue to explore, you know, um, themes of evil change, you know, evil changing his shape. That's like, that's really it. Like to me, like the first movie is about how um, coming out from under the shadow of evil, so to speak, and, and rising up and, and taking it head on. Um, and Halloween kills is, what happens when evil gets out of the box and, 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 and kind of um, affects a, a larger community and how that larger community obviously responds to it. And that's obviously not so, not so good. Um, you know, like they, they all go nuts. Um, and then the third one is just kind of like, it's like, how does, how does evil find a way to affect someone directly with some trauma and, and shape them to its own liking and, and, basically find another vessel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are kind of like big, broad stroke ideas, but that's what we were trying to go for, you know? And I think, listen, I, I, um, uh, you know, I, I, the fans, the fans were very, you know, angry and I get that. Um, but I also know that, you know, uh, there was a generation before all of us. I don't know how you guys, how old you guys are, but I'm, I'm 47. And I know that there was a generation before me that went to go see John Carpenter's thing and fucking hated it. Like they mm-hmm. hated it. They hated the shining. They hated the shining. Like I, I have old Cinefantastic magazines and I'm not saying that Halloween ends is the shining or, <laughs> or the thing, but horror, horror takes time to uh, uh, marinate and, and find Absolutely. its audience, you know? Um, and so, and, and, and I'm already kind of seeing that I get to go to shows and I go to conventions and stuff. And look, man, I like, I run into like, like a 12 year old kid and his dad. And he's like, my son loves Halloween, the whole Halloween trilogy. And I'm like, great. We had an impact, you know? And that, yeah. that kid's going to go on and say, you know where horror all started for me? It started with the Halloween trilogy, you know, yeah. whereas we will have our own, you know, for me, it started with Fright Night, you know? So it, I, I, get, I understand the passion. I've been in the debates. I, I've deba- yeah. debated myself and I've also had my very strong views on certain movies where uh, I'm sure I pissed off filmmakers and producers alike, but, uh, <laughs> but it is like, it's all fun. It's all fun. And we, it's part of the dialogue and the, you know, the debate. And I, I love it. Absolutely. I love that attitude about everyone, oh, the fans especially, having that different experience with movies. Um, yeah. But kind of like on that train of thought, <laughs> have you ever, yeah. like, does it make it harder to focus or to, to kind of adapt these existing franchises? Do you like working on, like, the newer stuff more, the, the more original things do you like working in existing ips do you have any kind mm-hmm. of preference there um it's, it's equal parts you know because it's like i um one of my colleagues judson scott at atomic monster he and i were both on the ground for this movie that we did called night swim earlier this year and he's you know he's of the same generation we're both like we have the best jobs in the world 
Like we get to be on, we're making horror movies. This is all I want to do. I just want to make horror movies. I don't want to make a drama. I don't want to make a comedy. I don't want to make a, you know, a, a period piece. I just want to do scary movies. And so to answer your question, it's like, it's equal parts, you know, like, because when you get an IP and you're like, oh, I get to play in that sandbox. <laughs> I mean, oh, how can I say no? Of course, let me answer the sandbox and roll around and, and build sandcastles. Um, and then, you know, but then there's also a special magic when you get something uh, deeply original, like Black Phone or Megan and stuff like that. I mean, like those, those or Freaky. Like Michael mm-hmm. Kennedy, you know, uh, pitching Freaky, he was like, okay, hear me out. What if Jason Voorhees <laughs> swapped body? What if Jason Voorhees swapped bodies with the final girl? And I was like, that's what the fuck? Why, why didn't we think about that? <laughs> 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 it's so fun. A Groundhog Day horror movie, like Happy Death Day. You know, that's mm-hmm. that stuff's my jam. I love it. I love, you know, I love when we get to dabble in projects that kind of twist things and turn them on their head. And I think that's how horror horror is going to continue to thrive is to uh continue to you know confront audiences but also um have them look at uh tried and true formulas and stories that we've come to grow up on but twisting them in a way that we never expected and well speaking of uh going towards ip the ip side of that stuff something that's not out yet you guys are tackling and it's a big title and I'd want to know what it was like getting into something like Five Nights at Freddy's, which because I, I love your thoughts on the creative side of things. And there are not many projects that you can get more creative with than Five Nights at Freddy's because of all the lore and directions that you can go and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. else. How daunting of a task has this movie been? Um, pretty daunting. And I was I was very aware of Five Nights at Freddy's. I had played, but I'm a gamer as well. And um you know it was something that what it, it was sitting on another studio for a while but when it came out of that studio jason was like guys i want this we need this i believe in this uh let's go get it and he, he wound up getting it and you know we wound up becoming very close partners with scott cawthon who's a creator um and so once you have the creator involved you know it's you know it's like that's that that cut that that's a lot of the work cut out for you because mm. when you're questioning well does this make sense for the mythology he's like i got you this is what it's going to be um and so it was just a filmmaker it was a it was a question of who the right filmmaker would be and emma tammy who had done a, a couple of films for us on the hulu side and had done a great film called the wind um she proved to be the best filmmaker for the job who understood the uh, kind of a emotional anchor of it all and and the mythology as well as how to handle those kind of animatronics and also the playfulness and the whimsy and the mystery and the kind of darkness that that franchise carries that to me is like personally exciting it's just like (laughs) it's like you have to explain to people they're like oh it's just possessed animatronics and you're like no but there's dead kids in them too <laughs> um and and they go wait a second what my five-year-old plays that game it's about dead kids and i'm like yes uh, <laughs> and, and and i loved going down the kind of rabbit hole of reddit threads and stuff like that to see all the fan theories but emma and my ba- and Bea, who i uh, mentioned earlier she was the um she's the ep on it and was the boots on the ground uh 
uh, for the production. I mean, like they, they crushed it. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I was actually going to ask you, and this, it sounds like might have been handled more by uh, Scott Coffin, but was there any concern about the balance of how much to actually show? Because it's like you said, a lot of the uh, passion for the FNAF franchise comes from the Reddit threads and the Mm. lore explanation videos and the theories. And was it like, was it hard to convert that into a linear story for non gamers? I guess is the question. yeah, I think Scott had had this story that that you're going to see on screen in his head for a while. Um, so whatever inner turmoil or inner debates he had, he might have <laughs> had about what to what to show and not what not to show. Um, definitely hit, happened outside my view, um, but okay. I'm sure he had a very difficult time. And then, of course, Emma and her writing partner came in uh, to kind of you know smooth out the drama and stuff like that but they you know they all worked very closely hand in hand with endless phone calls and you know uh creative collaborating i think that's probably a relief for the gamers to hear because that just seems like such a wild pack of things to balance <laughs> yeah no exactly exactly trust me at the at the start of this whole development process i, I kind of was like oh my gosh my head's spinning like there's a <laughs> sister location there's this doll there's this thing there's that thing were you, but i think were you scared you know, this, when jason told oh, you it's like we we're, we're gonna do fnaf and you're like how <laughs> oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely yeah i mean a purple guy i was like what is going on um <laughs> But Scott, you know, like I said, Scott was able to still, it's like very, you know, I think that this is, um, I think the the outcome of the movie is something that's accessible, obviously, to those who are not familiar with it, and obviously accessible, you know, to the fans who are, I think, are going to be really pleased with like the little Easter eggs that are in it. Absolutely. And and another title, I mean, as if you guys didn't uh, put yourselves into the fire enough trying taking on Halloween, arguably mm. an even bigger title, The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. You guys have the Exodus Believer coming out. Uh, what uh, I I couldn't what imagine. Were you thinking? It, uh, yeah, kind of because it's it's scary, you know, yeah, and no. and it's very interesting because you, you guys knocked it out of the park with Halloween so hard the way you did. Whenever you hear a big title picked up, instinct is to mm. get worried. The track record <laughs> you have with Halloween. As a fan, you know, it puts me at ease a little bit and excited yeah. about it. You know, what was it like taking on a title like that? Um, it was a lot of, I, I, again, I'm, no, I'm by no means a spiritual person, but it, it's definitely soul searching, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it was one of those things that was like, look, The Exorcist is available. And, you know, we had these uh, wonderful producing partners in Morgan Creek who uh, brought it to us and, you know, had great conversations with Jason. And, and, and uh, yeah, look, it's like Exorcist is the Mount Everest of horror. Mm-hmm. And whether... That's so tricky because it's like I showed it to my kid and my kid was just like, okay, what's the big deal? And it's like, wait a minute, yeah. what? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Um, and uh, you're no longer my horror child. Get out of the house. Um, but <laughs> I had that experience with my kid. On what movie? Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, it broke my heart. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. That. <laughs> yeah, say goodbye you got to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's very difficult. It, it, it was difficult to not 
like it, it, it was a difficult decision, but but also easy at the same time because The Exorcist holds so much charge. There's like a, it's like a supercharged title. Um, it brings a lot of expectations, and we did have a great we had a great experience with David, obviously in the Halloween movies, and David had raised a hand for it, so we heard him out. And what he's doing is, I don't think, you know, he's got a scary movie he told. And I think it, it sits as a great companion piece to the freaking film, you know, and I'll let the fans determine or the audiences determine how successful uh, we were in, in like terms of quote unquote topping the, the, the original Exorcist, which I don't think we can ever do and ever, 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 ever. Um, but what we can do is create something that's spiritually uh, in line, both on an aesthetic level and a story level. Um, and still scary audience, scare audience at the same time. And, and what he's dealing with too, is a little bit different from the freaking film because where, where Bill was telling a story about, you know, it was like a crisis of faith with the priest and, you know, the, the ultimate evil and what, you know, evil occurring next door, you know, like, so to speak with this possession of this little girl, uh, you know, audiences, you, you go into that movie going, Oh my God, what if that happened next door to me? Or what if it happened in my own home? The big, what if, you know, mm -hmm. what David is kind of telling a story of is unity in the face of evil. And I think it's like, a little bit of trickling of themes that he had explored in the Halloween uh, series, but distilling it and kind of adapting it to more of a supernatural thriller. Um, and, you know, there was, a, uh, you know, when we talked about the film, you know, there was a lot of great comps that he brought, you know, he, prisoners was a big kind of influence. Um, uh, we looked at movies like Sun, uh, eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. We looked at Jacob's ladder. We looked at all sorts of films just to kind of get us excited. Um, and yeah, man, you know, it's just like, it's just, uh, it, it, it was, it's tough, but I think we made a good movie. I think like, you know, it, it falls right in line with, it, you know, it falls right in line with like that kind of, um, like what I said, I was saying earlier, it's like a cousin of the exorcist or, you know, um, spiritually, uh, spiritually aligned. I'm kind of rambling on it, but, but I think we did something really cool and I hope everybody gets a chance to check it, give it a fair shake without that kind of like, how dare it, you know, how dare it. <laughs> Just a point of uh, clarification here, because you called it kind of a cousin, you called it a companion piece. As someone, I, I don't watch a lot of trailers for things because yeah. I like to go yeah. into movies as blind as possible. But is like companion piece? Is that what I should? Is that the mindset I should have going into? You should go in. Believer? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, sequel. that's good. I mean, that's that's like we made a sequel. Um, okay. And I, I had been asked earlier if it was like a requel or or like a remake and it's like no 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 once you go into the film i mean like ellen burston's all over the trailers for this um we we made a sequel 50 years later but you know it's just a, it's another case it's another family uh it's two families and they have to look to um kind of like a uh, someone who's a veteran at this experience and they turn to her for help um so yeah that's cool I also, I totally unrelated, uh, random point here, but you're, you're the expert. This is the time to ask, um, do, have you heard the term requel more 
since Scream Five. <laughs> like, since Scream Five. That, yeah. Uh, was yeah. there a surge in that terminology in your yeah. life? <laughs> uh, no, 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 not in our line of work. Not, not okay. necessarily <laughs> because. Uh, more on the fan on the fan front which is cool i mean like i, I appreciate yeah. that you know when scream yeah. came out and i'm a diehard scream fanatic i was just like oh, they're talking about requels we did that and then uh <laughs> and then uh when they talked about they name dropped halloween i was like oh my god i'm part of a movie that scream mentioned <laughs> um which made me very very happy uh but yeah that's how I, you know you made it <laughs> i know i know i know it's super fun and it, it helped that i actually i really love the new screen movies too i mean it's just it's hard for me to to uh dog on those but i think they did a really great job with both of them absolutely absolutely ryan i have one last question for you and um i'm glad you said you were a gamer before the hmm. writer strike just ended and we were speaking with matthew cote from behavior a couple months hmm. ago oh right on yeah and he was saying how you know that that kind of stalled the plans for the uh, that movie and everything and obviously this just happened so you know there's yeah. probably nothing you could say about it but uh, how quickly are you guys going to be moving on to that how excited are you they have such a vast world yeah yeah well i was just talking to matthew this morning um oh, nice. and oh, wow. the strike the strike was the strike was kind of holding things up but um i'm very excited uh that we can start moving forward on on a number of fronts uh we've got some good progress being made um i'm excited to just kind of dive into that world i mean like it's a um you know i i, I can't speak too much to, to any approach just right, yet right, yeah. but but i mean it's just like you're talking again it's a, a sandbox marvel that universe I it's a horror. marvel universe sure but it's like they've created what the behavior team has done so well is create their own world and mm-hmm. a uh, created a, such a large swath of both survivors and killers yeah. that have have generated their own fan bases. You know, I mean, Huntress, fucking awesome. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I love the Trapper's my boy. That's who I usually go to as a Ugh. villain. Uh, but he, I mean, he's usually the yeah. I know, I know. He's, but he's, he's a, rough he's, to go against. He's simple. <laughs> yeah, no, he he really is. But um, yeah. but no, it's 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 we're very excited because I that game is just like a celebration of horror, and mm-hmm. I feel like what a movie needs to be is uh, both a celebration of horror, but deeply aggressive and fast moving and just incredibly incredibly intense um and you know uh we're excited and hopefully the sag strike will end but you know the sag strike is not going to hinder us from the continuing development so uh that that one's very active and we're moving along beautiful that's fantastic to hear yeah yeah and uh it's a perfect company i i I was so happy when you guys took out most projects it's like oh blumhouse got it and you know i just wanted to say you guys are doing incredible work for the genre and just your time today is very very appreciated ryan we appreciate you very much well, thank you i i have a feel I, I wanted to ask you guys how you felt about the halloween franchise how halloween trilogy but i feel like i'd be putting you on the spot oh i the one thing that i'd regret about that question i feel really bad that our third co-host isn't here because yes. he is our diehard halloween oh really guy. really yeah i um, love Oh but, man, that's that's a bummer. That's a bummer. No, I I love. I, he was upset. He couldn't make it. Oh, was he? Oh, bummer, bummer. No, 
Yeah, extremely. <laughs> yeah, we felt bad for him. Oh, well. Well, next time, if I'm ever at a show or something like that. But I love, like, uh, you know, whenever I have someone approach me at a con, I'm about to go to this Halloween 45th anniversary convention tomorrow in Pasadena. And uh, I love when I talk to fans who are like, You're, oh, man, we love it, really love the, love the movies. And I'm like, which one's your favorite? Which one do you which one do you like? Because I think you know, listen, I'm like I said, I'm a I'm I'm a fan uh who has, you know, engaged in so many conversations about the genre. It's like nothing I mean, like I'd be remiss to say sometimes it stings, but you know, at the same time I'm also kinda like just roll it off because I know how the horror genre works and fandom kind of uh, evolves. So uh anyways, but it was been it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan. We appreciate you a lot. Of course, of course. Thank you. Dope discussion with Ryan. Great interview. Blast to talk to. Yes. And uh, it really does suck that, like, as much as I give Rob shit, like, we do feel bad for him that we, he couldn't be there for that one. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. But we do have our top five Blumhouse films listed, ranked, spanked, and ready to go. Uh, a couple questions about that. First of all, I have a prepared statement from Mr. Humphrey. Oh, son of a bitch. Do you want me to read that at the beginning or the end? Allie, what should I do here? You should probably do it at the, at the end. You think? I don't know. I don't see like... I don't know what's in there. <laughs> Neither do I. I also don't know what's in there. I read the first couple lines to see what it was. Um, it's a longer one than the last one we oh. got. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, I'm in a thing here where, because I've tried both. I've yeah. read it to get it out of the way, and I've read it at the end. And the problem with reading it at the end is sometimes things go really well, and then like I forget about it, and it all comes <laughs> crashing down. Just read it now, Kat. All right. Statements Actually, from... no, no, oh. no, no. I, I take it back. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wait to the end. I can't do it right now. I'm not mentally <laughs> okay. prepared yet. I got to build. All I'm right. sorry. No, no worries. Son of a bitch busts my balls even when he's not even here. I know it's going to piss me off. I know it. What if one day we get a statement and like it doesn't make me mad at all and it's just nice? That would be really nice. It could super be today. Pleasant. We don't know. Just super pleasant. Pleasant, Rob. That's what you're hoping for? Okay. Yeah, when you put it that way. God damn yeah. it. All right. <laughs> <sighs> okay, who wants to go, go first? Do you want me to go first? You know, round robin? Yeah, we'll round robin it. Starting right? at five and working Starting your way five. up? Okay, sounds okay. good. Yeah, you can go first if you want. All right. Uh, this was hard because Blumhouse has a lot of good movies. And God damn, man, there was a couple that I really, really wanted in there. And I have honorable mentions that I guess we could save to the end, probably. Yeah. Um, but my number five is Unfriended. Interesting. Yeah. I really like that fucking movie. It was, you know, we see a lot of them now where it's like the computer screens and stuff like that. And I don't think this was the first one to do it. In fact, I doubt it. But it, it was done really well. And not only did it look great, you know, as great as it's like, it's a Skype call. So, you know, but they were able to, to build tension and create chaos in such a small environment. And I, I thought it was great, man. I really like unfriended number five. 
Okay. Nice. That was in my honorable mention, so I'm not mad at that. I also okay. really liked Unfriended. Nice. Allie, would you like to go next? Uh, sure. Let's lead off number five. Uh, I have Paranormal Activity, which I know is a little controversial around here, it turns out. <laughs> but, uh, Mikey over there, like, it's not high enough. And me over here, like, why is it here? <laughs> like, why yeah. is it here? <laughs> and Rob would be talking about a sex tape. So that's right. A lot of different avenues on here with that one. Yeah. But I, I okay. like paranormal activity. And so, not enough, but number five, yeah. not, not enough or too much, depending on who you ask. <laughs> yeah. There's no making everyone happy on Slasher <laughs> Radio. Absolutely not. All right, Kat, what about you? Uh, my number five is Run, Sweetheart, Run. Okay. Which I had not expected to make my list, to be honest. But when I was getting to honorable mention territory, um, I was kind of looking at some of the other stuff that I had right around five slash honorable mention. I think this one is really inventive. Uh, I had a couple pet peeves about it, but it's like, I don't think I've seen another movie that was this ambitious in this kind of subgenre, much like Unfriended. Like they they broke a lot of new ground for what they were trying to do. And I, I was impressed with it. And the performances were really good. Okay. All right. That's fair. Okay. My number four is Paranormal Activity Three. <laughs> oh God. What do you mean? Okay. Oh God. What? <laughs> I'm just wondering how many are in there. Well, you have to wait get to the rest of my list to find out. But is Paranormal Activity 3. Okay. Uh, it, I love the first one. And it, you know, it, it set the table for what we have now. And they didn't have a lot to work with. And at the end of the day, you know, it like it showed that they didn't have a lot to work with because they didn't. And Paranormal Activity 3, I feel they kept the simplicity that they had throughout, you know, 2 and, and the original. And they they had a lot more to work with. They, you know, they had the different cameras and like all this stuff. And, you know, they had very subtle effects that they were able to, that I feel they pulled off very well. And I love paranormal activity three. And if I were to sit down and watch a paranormal activity movie, it would be the third one. And I know how much I go on and on about paranormal activity three or, or paranormal activity in general, but I feel like this is a fair spot for it on this list. And I was, you know, it was hard, but I landed at four with it. So there it is. All right. Okay. Uh, me? You. Uh, for number four, I have Creep. Okay. Okay. Not mad. All right. It's just a very weird, creepy, uh, almost found footage documentary style. And it's it just makes you uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. I just like that movie a lot. So number four. Not bad. Not bad. Nice. I actually like your list so far. This is a first. Also funny that we're having Allie on here for a list. And uh, <laughs> she infamously wouldn't do a top 25 list and then did a list and won't let us have it. So here you are doing a list. Kind of wild. That's right. Filling in for Rob. Filling in for Rob. <laughs> uh, my number four is The Invisible Man. Oh, that fucking suit. Okay. Uh I actually thought this was going to be higher on my list, but um, as we get higher and higher up, I think it's going to be evident why it was not. I do really like this movie, though. I'm a big fan of um, Leo Winnell, and I think he did a really good job reinventing the Invisible Man. Mikey gets mad about the suit. 
but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really liked the emotional performances in this one. Yeah, and look, if we're being honest, like I I do give the movie shit for a lot of, for the suit. It was a stupid fucking suit. I stand by that. But it, the performances in that movie were great, and yeah. just the cinematography, like yeah, you know, they they fucking nailed it. You know all that. I didn't like the suit. That was my thing. I did not like the suit at all. But I'm not mad at it being in there, Cap, because the movie itself, like, it's hard to sit down and critically knock that movie for what they did. It's hard to say it's a bad movie because they did a really good job at so many things. Great movie. Stupid fucking suit. (laughs) That's it. I'm not mad at you, though, Cat. Okay. All right. That's solid. Okay. My number three. Uh, I'm still not sure, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Halloween. Okay. 2018. And let me say this. The reason it's three, because I know a lot of people, especially Cat, are going to say it should be higher, but the reason I knocked it down to three is because like it's Halloween and you get guys who like Jason Blum, Ryan Turek, and like all these people involved, David Gordon Green, who are fans and, and have passion for that franchise. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fuck it up, you know, right. like, and, and it, you can get people who don't give a fuck, you know, Rob Zombie is a pretty good example. Who's going to want to do his own thing. These guys want, they did their homework, direct sequel, Canon, all that shit. They did it right. They did. And it was a phenomenal movie. It's a great Halloween movie. But it's a Halloween movie, so I feel I should... There's going to be more original titles ahead of it on my list, and that's the only reason it got knocked down to three the way it did. Love the okay. 2018 Halloween. that fair, Kat? That's fair. I'm not mad okay. at that. We're actually... We're, we have a similar wavelength. Okay. On that. All right. Allie, what's your number three? Uh, let's see. Number three, I have uh 13 sins. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm a I'm kind of a sucker for the like the I want to play a game the uh, movie style. Yeah. Gonna... They're good. <laughs> so Kat wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I, I was impressed with how they uh handled that plot line and kind of the little twist they throw in at the end so I, I really enjoyed that one so 13 cents number three nice Allie I, I, I really, this is the best list you've done so far this is a good list this is a good list don't make me regret saying that now <laughs> All right. uh, I was unsure when you started but we're we're heading in a very impressive direction <laughs> with this list Cat, <laughs> what's going on with three uh, my number three is Green Inferno alright uh, I keep forgetting that Blumhouse did this one, <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. It does not feel like a Blumhouse film to me, but I really like it. Um, I, We talked about it when I did my top 100 list because I was trying to figure out like where to rank it. I like it. I think they did a really good job. It's something creative. It's not like something that had never been done before. The obvious comparison being Cannibal Holocaust, right. but they, you know, they took the premise and they made it their own. And I, I think they were very successful in creating something that was ambitious for what the studio had been known to do at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. 
a kind of a slept on Blumhouse film. Do you don't really hear that one brought up very often? No, and I, I think that's sad because I, I think it's a really, it's a solid movie. Okay. All right, my number two, and this was the top three on here was were very difficult. The whole the whole top five really was hard. Is the Black Phone? Okay. I love this movie. They did a phenomenal job. I always harp on paranormal movies, and like I think at the like the Black Phone had a lot of different layers to it. But at the end of the day, I think like when it got down to it, it was a paranormal movie you know for whatever portion of it it was a big aspect of it and i knock movies all the time especially modern paranormal movies for going too far with things and the black phone didn't they kept it subtle they they and that's that's scary to me because when you go too far i just start rolling my eyes and they kept it realistic scary creepy it looked great the performances in that thing uh ethan hawk was incredible he nailed the grabber it, it was it was phenomenal and going into the when this one first opened up cat was on the the bandwagon for the black phone yeah. leading up to it and then i ended up taking the damn thing over i think i like it more <laughs> than uh at least I, I don't i don't know how much Allie likes it but at least with, between you and rob cat i think i liked it the most I think you did. Um, and it was kind of the same situation. I, I mean, like you said, um, I was a huge fan of the short story. I was like way on board for this one. And it's not even that I was disappointed, but I was really surprised that you came out uh, so behind it as you did. <laughs> yeah, really like that damn movie, man. And I don't know. I'll wait to ask Allie because I don't know if we're going to she'll be talking about it on, on her shortly, but. I know it's not like original original because it was, you know, the the um, what's his name? He doesn't go by King, does he? Um, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. It's because if he went by King, he'd be joking. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, joking. That's fucked up. But it, 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 I know it's not like original original, but like the black phone wasn't a huge thing. You know, like right. they, they kind of made it their own and brought it to life in their own way. And it was a story that most like i never heard of it before the movie so you know that's the reason it was ahead of halloween for me so that's my number two Allie, what about you for number two i have hush Ooh. okay kind of i really like the strangers and it reminds me a lot of that home invasion horror vibe and it's just a good one <laughs> Absolutely. they took like what could have been really cliche and like made it good which i found impressive yeah okay now i'm mad about that hush is fucking phenomenal cat what about you uh my number two is halloween 2018 wow uh big fan of this one (laughs) arguably Mm. too big a fan of this one i really love this movie though i think they did a phenomenal job it's like you said uh they got fans in you know that respected the material and and knew what they were doing they did a direct sequel they got cast back uh they took all the correct steps with halloween 2018 and i think it really shows uh for my number one i did choose something that felt more original um kind of along those guidelines but i was really impressed with how they handled uh coming in for a 40-year sequel so yeah okay that's fair not mad at that all right my number one and the correct spot for it Allie, is hush 
Wow. Yeah. I mm. love that movie. It was so fucking good. Kind of like Ali said, like we've seen it a million times, the home invasion thing, but God damn, man, did they fucking nail Like they had essentially two characters in this thing. I mean, you know, you had other people popping in and out, sure, but like really all that mattered was were those did the victim and the prey and uh, the predator and, and the prey. And man, it was so good. Like they nailed it. The performances were great. The the cat and mouse game that they played, it made sense. Like it all it was so realistic, which is what was so scary and tense about it. And I, like I'll never forget that scene where she's on her laptop and he's just standing there behind her, man. And Allie, that was like the strangers. Like that was yeah. the last movie that gave me that feeling of that scene. And it was so simple. It was so fucking simple. And they killed it. And I, I, I told you guys, my, my grandmother watched this. Like, this was her first real modern horror movie watch. Because she's a fan of, like, Stephen King and the old school stuff. And The Shining. She loves The Shining, too, by the way. Uh, but this mm-hmm. was her first look into modern horror. And she said she was, like, terrified. And, you know, like, it has that effect across the board, except for fucking Rob. But, you know. <laughs> A damn near perfect movie love hush so that's yeah. my number one Allie, what you got don't fuck it um, up don't fuck listen <laughs> you you've done real good this is a really good <laughs> list you put together so far but please Allie's like crossing off a paranormal activity movie to put your least favorite blumhouse <laughs> yeah, right. production in as you tell her not to fuck it up i'm yeah. thinking about it, God damn it. <laughs> uh, well for number one i have in its correct spot uh oh. the black phone wow yeah look at you okay why Uh, for all the reasons you mentioned before it's just super just the vibe of it so creepy throughout ethan hawk is terrifying Mm -hmm. it it's just a great movie man i don't know yeah and we were questioning it so much coming up you know because it like yeah with any horror movie you're skeptical most of the time and God damn, did they nail that fucking thing? Okay, Allie, all right. That was a that's a hell of a Oh, I forgot my new button. Okay. I have a new button, and I think Allie's list embodies this new button perfectly. Uh-oh. And Kat, I finally got an IR Chris button. Oh. Yes. IR Chris was on Cult FM this week, and I caught him saying something that I loved, and here it is. Hell of a deal. Oh. Hell of a deal. <laughs> hell of a deal. That's a good button. That's a good button. good button. That's that's going to replace my old hell of a deal button, I think. I really like that Hell one. of a deal. <laughs> Kat, what's your number one? In a rare instance where I side with Mikey, my number one oh. is Hush. Wow. Ooh. Where it deserves to be. Um, I'm obviously very biased because I love uh, Kate Siegel. I think she does a fantastic performance as Maddie Young. Um, I really love, as someone in the writer profession i really love the idea of using that paranoia that you use to write horror novels as a survival skill i think that was a really interesting take on it you guys know i'm a big advocate for more crossbows in horror movies um which i think started as like a hush thing oh it might have started with your next actually 
I, it's been a thing for a long time. I've been saying we need more crossbows and horror movies. Hush delivered. Hush is like the gold standard for crossbows and horror. And my favorite director is Mike Flanagan. He did a great job with this. I, uh, this was the movie that actually, um, I think this was the first or second Mike Flanagan film that I had ever seen. Uh, and I watched it because I wanted to know whether or not he was about to fuck up Gerald's game. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because I think Hush's act actually ended up being better than Gerald's game, which I did not predict happening. But it was just it was so good. It was very it was a very fresh take on the kind of movie that we see a lot. And I think they did a great job. And when we're done recording this, I'm actually going to go watch um, the last episode of The Fall of the House of Usher, which is a Mike Flanagan project starring <laughs> Siegel in it. And yeah. uh, they're just they're a great team. I love seeing them do stuff together. I am really confused because yeah. we, I'm looking through the Portnoy list now because I wanted to see what me and you gave Hush when we discussed it, Cat. Yeah. I don't see it on this list. Was that before we started doing Portnoy's? Maybe. We Fuck. did this pretty soon after I joined. So, yeah. All right. I'll go back and listen and see. And maybe I just missed it. But yeah, fucking yeah. awesome movie, man great movie also cat let me correct you a little bit here a little bit <laughs> i okay. believe the first edition of well you know popularity whatever of crossbow and horror was the walking dead no for me for my campaign oh, okay. for crossbow and horror oh yeah you watch walking dead late yeah that's true yeah i i only saw walking dead for the first time like a couple years ago <laughs> yeah man and uh, I said it was a perfect, a damn near perfect film. My probably my only problem with Hush is the crossbow. And it's because of The Walking Dead. Like Daryl had that big, beefy crossbow. And like this thing, like the crossbow could have been bigger. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it looked like a like he was shooting some nerf arrows out of that thing. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I love Hush, man. That was phenomenal. All right, so we all, Allie had it too. I mean, that says something, man. Like, that was a phenomenal movie. I don't know what Rob's problem is. <laughs> Does Rob he's not Rob. like Hush? No. Rob oh. drove me crazy because, and he's done it a lot since then, so it's not as surprising. But Rob was like a big advocate for Hush. He was like, yeah, we'll do it. It's great. Can't wait to watch it again. And then on the rewatch, he was like, I decided I don't like this anymore. And it's like, God damn it, Rob. Come on. Can, should we give a third run with him on it? Like this he it had to have been a bad day for him or something, right? It must have been. We need to see if we can talk Rob into rewatching Hush. All right. It's so good. Yeah. Hush is phenomenal. All right. So do um, we all what? Oh, oh no, honorable mentions. Okay. Right. Never mind. Do we all have honorable mentions? Allie, you have honorable mentions? No. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, you said um, unfriended. So, okay. That, yeah. That's unfriended a... just didn't make it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I have a short list of honorable mentions. Uh, 13 Sins. Allie, that was, I really tried to get that one in there. Uh, Creep also was on your list, Allie. That was a really mm -hmm. good one. Halloween Kills. Okay. I know not the most popular opinion a lot of people feel one way or another about it i thought it was a really fun movie like it you know it's halloween movie okay have the argument but like it was fun to watch like i got to see michael myers just tear through cheeks left and right not mad about that that's the one where they think that like five foot tall man is michael myers right that that was, yeah. yeah that's that's the one <laughs> that's what i'm saying they, 
people feel their ways about it and like you know there are things that you know if i was making a movie the fuck do i know i would have done differently but in their story it all ended up making sense when you see ends and everything else so it's hard to really knock them too much fun fucking movie looked great kills were awesome and it's called halloween kills so all right uh the gallows which I don't know what the fuck it is I like about that movie so much. And and it, I'm not saying like it's a, you know, a nine or a 10 or anything like that for me, but it's a really solid movie. And I feel like people don't give it the fairness that it deserves. I don't know. People sleep on it. They do. I see a lot of negativity about the gallows. I, kinda, I liked it, though. Don't know exactly why. And last but certainly not least paranormal activity there it is right. i only have one paranormal activity movie on my list so screw the both of you i'm, I'm proud <laughs> i was wondering when you came in with three to start yeah yeah paranormal activity set the groundwork for all that and honestly this this is what i love about blumhouse more than anything else they have great films all that shit bringing back all these franchises and doing their best to do them justice love all that but they take a chance on things, man. And a lot of a lot of people passed up on paranormal activity and didn't believe in it. And Jason Blum did, and he said he's gonna give it his all to, you know, make this movie that people worked hard on seeing. And he's seen something in it. And that's why, like, you know, with any production company, not all of them hit home runs, but you know, Blumhouse seems to take that chance on a lot of movies. And I respect the shit out of that, man. Paranormal Activity is the best example. Again, whether people like it or not, it was a small budget movie that, you know, Paranormal's hit or miss as it is, and they took a chance on it, and it fucking paid off big. So Paranormal Activity has to be an honorable mention. All right. That said it. <laughs> what about you, Kat? Um, most of my honorable mentions uh, have been talked about already. Um, mm. But... I think they were all on someone's list, except for, uh, and what I'm going to spend my time advocating for, Oculus almost made my list. Mm. It's one of Mike Flanagan's, I think it might be his first full-length feature film, um, and you can tell that he was still kind of finding his footing as a director. I, it's not nearly as polished as Hush or uh, the Stephen King things that he did. But I I think it was really solid. And I'm harder, typically, on paranormal movies than I am on, like, any other genre of film. Uh, but I think this one's solid. It was very inventive. I liked the character work. Some of the shots were really beautiful. Uh, you could see in there that he was going to become a really good director, even though Oculus wasn't quite up to that standard yet. Uh, but I like it, and I'm, I'm glad that it was... Uh, I'm glad we have it. Okay, nice. That's fair. Yeah, I, Oculus, that, that is a slept-on film for sure. It is. I remember it had, like, a lot of hype very briefly, like, when it was about to come out, and I feel like people have kind of forgotten about it. Is that the mirror one? It's the mirror one, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. So so that's the second one on your honorable mention then, Allie? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Me too. People forget about it, but it's it's solid. And Blumhouse, they have their hand. Honestly, I found out that Paranormal Activity was a Blumhouse movie like four or so years ago, so, like recently. And I love Paranormal Activity, and I never knew. 
You know, like they just they have their hands in so many things. It's like, and I had ex Greg, Darth Gregor on TikTok when I was in his live today. Um, hold on, let me get Greg button. Which one do I use? Huge clown <laughs> penis. Kick him in the dick. Um, I asked him what his uh, his favorite Blumhouse movie was, and he was kind of the same way. He's like, man, Blumhouse done so much. Like honestly, I don't. I, it's hard to keep track of what's Blumhouse and what's not. And uh, he landed on Sinister, too, by the way, guys. Oh, yeah. uh, Sinister is fun. Yeah. Ethan Hawke again. Fucking Ethan Hawke, man. When he does get into horror, he fucking does it right. He does a good job. Yeah. Training Day is my favorite Ethan Hawke movie, not a horror movie. But goddamn, man, when he gets in the genre, he does it right. I love Ethan Hawke. Um, okay. Are you ready for a uh, for a statement? See, oh, yeah. see, yeah, it went so well, man. <laughs> <sighs> Allie's list didn't piss me off. Cat's list, other than not having paranormal activity, didn't <laughs> piss me off. Here we go. All right, cat, go ahead. God damn it. Statement from the desk of Lord Humphrey R. E. Colon top fight <laughs> Blumhouse films. Huge clown penis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about not being present for this episode because I have seen the types of movies that make it onto the lists of my co-hosts, but circumstances dictate that I be elsewhere during the time of recording. I wouldn't (laughs) be able to sleep at night if I found myself incapable of submitting a list of my own, dare I say, a list we all know will be the one true correct list. Uh Here is my list of the top five Blumhouse movies. Uh, parentheses excluding non-horror titles because we all know the Black Klansman would be here if titles outside of the genre were being considered. Right. Five Halloween Kills. Four wow. Halloween Ends. <laughs> Three The Invisible Man. Uh, Two Get Out. One mm. Halloween 2018. There you have it, the official list of the best films from Blumhouse. I'm sure you enjoyed hearing that list as much as you will enjoy hearing that Tony Danza's character on Taxi was originally named (laughs) Phil Banta, but directors changed the name to Tony because they were worried that inexperienced actor wouldn't respond to the name Phil. Happy Italian-American Heritage Month, Mikey, and of course, to the patron saint of Italian-Americans, Mr. Tony Danza, I hope I will not return to find you have wrecked the show while I was away, but I fear that my confidence in the two of you is extremely low. Yours truly, Lord Humphrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Ooze. Rob. <laughs> We went through the whole show without any yeah. mention of a Danza. Yeah. And you're not even here. Why? <laughs> why? 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 Fuck. Kat, you could have left that out. Oh, well, no, I read it at the same time as you did. I read these live on the air. But when you seen Danza, you should have stopped. <laughs> when you seen Tony, you should have stopped. Well, yeah, God. but it was mid-sentence. Son of a bitch, man. <sighs> Here we are. Now I'm annoyed. You see? You see? Everything went well, and now I'm annoyed. Fucking Christ with this guy, man. I hope that girl stabs him. I truly <laughs> oh. I know he hopes she stabs him, too, is the thing. So it's like, even that really doesn't isn't yeah. even a win for me. <sighs> Does she have crazy eyes? Hold on. I feel like she has to, right? I didn't even look, to be honest. Let me see. How could you not look? Did we check? She does kind of have crazy eyes. Mm. crazy eye we can only see one of them in the picture 
Oh. Yeah, hold on, Allie. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this for review. Honestly, okay. I was so shocked that A Rob was with a woman, B <laughs> she was a pretty woman, and C the Tom the Atkins, Tom Atkins thing. Yeah. I forgot about the eyes and pair uh, completely. He also looks really like sweet in the picture. He does look sweet. Like <laughs> it's not the Rob Humphrey that we know. <laughs> He looks pleasant in this picture. Yeah. You know what I see in Rob when I see this picture? I feel like he's looking directly at me. <laughs> like, I, he he looks like he's saying, yeah, I'm in a Tom Atkins shirt. I'm wearing some <laughs> tie-dye Crocs, probably. I got this girl behind me. Yep, I did it. That's what I see. Like, it's it's an arrogant Rob at the same time somehow. He's very pleased with himself in this photo. But the eyes, I can't really. Mm, yeah, she do got a little bit of crazy going on in there. It's not the best picture for the eyes, but. It's not. There's a little bit. There's a hint. Yeah, they're very dark eyes. Rob got a little bit of crazy eyes, too. I see where it comes from now, Rob. All right. Okay. Well, Rob, kiss my ass, man, with the Tony Danza stuff. Oh, God damn. <sighs> All right. I guess that's it. I, I'm I'm annoyed now. Now I'm, annoyed. I'm all thrown off and verklempt. Like I don't know what's going on. It's right the now. danger of saving the statement. I hope for the best from him. Honestly, yeah. I did. One Honestly. day, you know. Mm-mm-mm. One day, one day. All right. Um. So there you have it, Blumhouse Ryan Turek. We are very grateful for him joining the show. The Exodus Believer is out right now. Uh, I didn't want to put the Exodus Believer. I feel like is still fresh. Uh, yeah, a lot of people haven't seen it. I didn't. I don't think we should really get into too much discussion on it. And like we talked about with Ryan, it's the Exorcist. Like something like that needs to marinate. Yes. Um. I hope everybody goes out and sees it as soon as possible. Uh, like we said before, this stuff is canon. When you know Blumhouse gets their hands on stuff. You know, like they're not fucking around. It's you know, like they they do their best to to stay as true as possible and do as much justice as possible to the original film. And uh, we have that coming. That we have that out now. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out by the time this comes out next week. So that'll be out in theaters and on Peacock October twenty seventh. Uh, you can check out Ryan Turek. On Twitter, under at underscore Ryan Turek, T-U-R-E-K. Obviously, Blumhouse, you guys know where to find them. Fucking huge as hell. A super knowledgeable dude in the franchise, in, in the genre, man. And it's just, it was really cool to have him on. Like, out of all the people in the in the genre right now, like, we, in, in horror, we look back so often that I feel like we don't take a lot of time to appreciate what's in front of us. And, you know, he's definitely one of the guys that you can look at right now and say, damn, they're doing some really important shit for us as the fans, you know, and it was really dope to sit and talk to him. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And the dude needs to be talked about more, like more, more than anything else. So make sure you follow everything he's doing. And that's really it. You can follow the show at slash radio on Twitter as well. Uh, Check out our Patreon tier starting as low as $3 a month the fucking tier two gets you the extra show every week and all that stuff. And you guys get to 
pick one movie a month that we get to that we have to discuss no matter what. Um, I'm talking to you, Shark Fizzle. That's why we did Buffy. Hello, video. <laughs> Allie, you've been on the uh, the shit side of that a couple times too. Of what? Of those movie picks, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Velosa. only pick bangers. I don't know what you're talking about. Bangers says the one who picked Velasa Pastor. Okay. Yeah, a banger. A banger. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? I guess uh, that's it for the show, really. Uh, we have some stuff lined up. I don't want to say anything yet because things are still being shuffled around with it and scheduled and whatnot. Uh, so just follow us on Twitter and make sure you stay tuned and subscribe and all that good shit. And I'm at Mikey's Dead on Twitter if you want to give me a follow. And uh, check out Cult FM, the other show that I do with Allie. And wherever you're listening to Slicer Radio at Cult FM Pod. We just celebrated our, uh, well, by the time this is out, we just celebrated our episode of uh, Friday the 13th. So that was a good time. We had IR Chris on the show to do a new series we called Behind the Mask, uh, where we talk about, you know, who these villains are that we, you know, we spend so much time talking about the movies that we wanted to talk about the, the villains themselves. And um, that's going to be fun. Obviously, we did Jason Voorhees for Friday the 13th. So um, that's it for me. Kat, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kat underscore Valor, V-O-L-E-U-R. You can find me on the other socials at Kat Valor. You can check out my website, catvalor.com. And Mikey is very excited for me to announce <laughs> this on the show. Uh, you can stay tuned for my next book, Puppet Shark, the novelization <laughs> Uh, in collaboration with SRS Cinema. So, um, oh, oh nice. and check out the other show I do with Rob, of course, the Nick F and Woo Cage Cast. Yeah, yeah, and you can follow Rob uh, at Radio Rob One Two Three on Twitter and everything else. I, I will say this again, just like <laughs> I said to Cat in our in our, our group chat. Cat, I'm very happy for you. I know this Thank is a, something you really want to do, and you have a lot of passion for. And uh, I'm proud of you for going out and getting this and it's i'm honestly am and i am sure as always your work will be great and the book will be <laughs> awesome that being said why <laughs> uh the honest truth is that i was trying to get the novelization for bad cgi sharks and they did not have the rights for me uh but they it, Ron Bonk, the executive producer, Ron Bonk at SRS Cinema, uh, is so easy to talk to. We had a great time. He uh, sent me the distribution list, and they just wall-to-wall bangers uh, for DVDs that they were willing to let me work on. Uh, so obviously, I chose the one that was the most reminiscent of bad CGI sharks. <laughs> Goddamn fucking sharks, man. It's fucking sharks. Allison. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, you um, could find me at uh, Ali Surreal on uh, Twitter, Twitch, Blue Sky, if I ever check it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we just oh, cat, we just did a movie. Uh, Ali just did a movie night where uh, we sat and watched Jason X. Yay! We did. It was awesome. Jason X is so much fun. It it was very much fun. Yeah, it, you you were. Well, you were fishing around with the idea that it was your favorite Friday the 13th movie. Not that oh, I've ever heard be. that before. 
cat. But Join the bandwagon. It, it probably is. I'm just going to say it now. It, it is my currently my favorite Friday the 13th movie. Yes. I love that this opinion is spreading. I don't. I don't. Well, I got to write another memo to Rob. I had Mr. Cat's boyfriend on board until I showed him Jason X. Or Jason X uh, Freddy versus Jason, which might have been a mistake. That might be his favorite movie of all time. Like, he got so hyped for Freddy vs. Jason. That is a very fun movie. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it's now his favorite, I think, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. So we, I fucked up that whole thing a little bit. Because <laughs> it get. had been Jason X. <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah, uh, Ali streams a lot of Dead by Daylight, Texas Chainsaw, horror stuff in general. And uh, movie nights at her Discord, which are a good time. When she plays a good movie, which I guess doesn't happen. Like very Jason often. X. Jason X was a good <laughs> one, but you've had Puppet Shark or Shark Puppet or whatever doll it shark? was. Doll Shark? Oh, Doll Shark. Oh, that's what it doll was. Doll Shark, yeah. Right, right, doll right. Doll Shark. Doll Shark was <laughs> yeah. great. Doll Shark um, is so good. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Well, uh, and then thank you again, Allie, for filling in. Um, it was short notice and not short notice at the same time. So we appreciate that, even though. Um, uh, you're a little bit of a bane of my existence. How? You just said my list was good. Yeah. You had a good list. I'll give you that. You had a good list. But we also talked about you putting me on Urban Dictionary. Oh, yeah. And Velocipaster <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and Mikey, hang on. What did she put you on Urban Dictionary for? Do you want to? Just a recap. That an Italian prostitute is a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A direct quote from Mikey Bones. Yeah, appreciate that, Allie. You're welcome. Check us out next week, guys. I'm fucking done. Good night from Slasher Radio. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All the best of Slasher Radio podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.